Hello and welcome everyone to today's News Tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests, our lovely patrons, and our awesome YouTube audience to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and I'm joined today by my good friend and GVG co-founder, uh, Steve Bowling. No Ash today as he's feeling a little under the weather and we want to give him a little time to recover uh, and, you know, not be like, you know, Hey guys, bleh. hey guys. I don't think he's throw- I don't think he's throwing up, but <laughs> you know anything like that. But uh, yeah, I had to, um, you know, just want to give him a little break there. So good vibes to him and all all that. But how are you doing, Steve? Because you weren't feeling well yesterday, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I hear you had a bit of a run in with w- a certain Wendy. I heard she kicked the crap out of you. <laughs> she well, she definitely took the crap out of me, so to speak. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was just up late, uh, so. For those of you that don't know, I had sessions with our fight with uh, two of our fight of founders patron. I played uh, Mount- Monster Hunter Rise with Straight Lace, and then I had an awesome time playing uh, Sea of Thieves with Becca's Live. Uh, so that kind of like went into my normal dinner time. And, but I was having so much fun. Like the sessions tend to run long sometimes, and as soon as we were wrapping up, I was like, "Oh no, I forgot to eat," <laughs> and so um, I, I got up and. I ran out and grabbed some dinner. My kids had already eaten. Everybody had eaten without me. So I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to hop in the car and, and go to whatever's closest. And there's a Wendy's just right around the corner from my house. And it's like 9.30 p.m. <laughs> and I'm grabbing. Uh, and I, I remember getting the food and looking at it and being like, man, I probably shouldn't eat this. But I was like, I'm not going anywhere else. So <laughs> I'm going to. And I ate probably one of the worst meals of my life at Wendy's uh, the other night. And Weird, because just... I haven't eaten at Wendy's in a while, but I don't remember them having typically bad food. They don't. Uh, you know, I've I've got four kids, so, so chicken nuggets are like a staple in this house. And Wendy's actually makes a pretty damn good chicken nugget. And so mm-hmm. that's what I got. I got like their spicy chicken nuggets. And I think I just caught them on an off day because they were oddly soggy for chicken nuggets i was like why are these soft like why is there no crunch to any of these (laughs) but yeah 10 p.m steve doesn't give a shit apparently and i just (laughs) ate them and i woke up the next morning my body in full regret mode (laughs) so i was like i know there's a stream later today but i can already tell this early in the morning that it's not a good day to do this so (laughs) i apologize for missing the ep stream folks i heard it was a blast it always is um Mm -hmm. but yeah it looks like somehow through the internet i have provided ash with uh, my contagion yeah you're you're just that yeah Oh, boy. Well, before we uh, go ahead and jump into this one, and since there's only two of us, probably going to be a bit of a shorter episode today, but that's okay because it's kind of a light day news-wise. So we'll just jump right in here. And, of course, as always on Mondays, we are sponsored by The Game Orb. And uh, The Game Orb is a fledging channel that has focused mostly on Nintendo content until recently. While they are still running Let's Plays of Nintendo games like Splatoon 2 and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe going forward, they're also covering games on the Xbox Series X like Portal Still Alive as part of a fresh daily upload schedule. So be sure to subscribe to The Game Orb at the link in the description as we continue to push them towards 350 subs. We're at 336. Only Ooh. 14 to go. All right. And of come course, on, folks. Yep. And of course, we also have a link to their friend Galactic Reaper. Where, and again, you can find both of them, uh, both those links in the description. Check those out. So just want to thank uh, Game Orb once again for all of their help. Uh, all their support and 
enjoy those enjoy those uh playthroughs those uh stream those uh all that gameplay all kinds of stuff there uh and of course before we actually start the news we've had quite a few super chats to take a look at first up is a drink to the past with a two dollar donation saying kaiju number eight is my new addiction and i blame steve steve how dare you hell yeah man uh (laughs) welcome welcome to the club kaiju number eight is fantastic uh thank you for the super chat thank you for the support and keep on reading i'm i'm hooked i can't wait for this to get an anime adaptation in like two years i'm i'm very hopeful nice i think that'd be cool I definitely would want to check it out after all your uh, enthusiasm. <laughs> Heck yeah, and no. and you're supporting one of our uh, one, a member of our community. It's worked on by uh, Brandon Bovia, our mod nice and team. executive producer. So you're keeping the love within the GV gang by reading Kaiju Number Eight. That is true. That is true. I it's interesting because I've been hearing a lot. Uh, I I watch. Um, I, I, I've always been a fan of Team Four Star and they do these things about uh, <laughs> uh, reviews of um, um, the My Hero Academia new seasons. And apparently I've been seeing from their, one of their main guys, Kaiser Neko, that apparently the anime has diverged quite a bit from the My Hero manga. Like, just, Oh, really? Has it? Um... I, I don't know how, but, I, it, but it's just sort of like very different and almost going to fillerish territory in order to sort of tie in better to the movie i don't know i've Mm. never read the manga so i don't know how to how that all works i'll i'll have to watch the anime so season the Mm. latest season i think it's five i have not been watching nearly as much as i should um just because i'm kind of more invested in the manga at this point because the manga is on a wild wild ride right now um, mm-hmm. So I just haven't been watching the anime and I really should go back and kind of read because I like to pinpoint those differences. Um, I do find it interesting, though, Derek, that you mentioned Kaiser Neko because it's related to something you did. And I'm sure you know I what do I'm... It. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I just saw that and saw what he did and shared it. To you guys think it'd be funny. And then Ash decides, like, let's put this on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Kaiser Neko apparently does an excellent rendition of Skeletor. Oh, and, he also does, he's just, his Twitter is basically a massive shit post. Like he, if he gets an idea that he's going to have that. Oh yeah. There. Well, he took that meme that Ash posted and voiced it. And it is yeah. so good. It is. If, if you don't know what I'm talking about, check out Ash's Twitter. He retweeted. Yeah. I am not this, repeating it on here. <laughs> yeah. He retweeted this awful meme, this awful, awful meme, but it is funny. It's legitimately funny, uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's too hot for for TNT. So check it out, and if you want to, if you find what is in that image funny, go to Kaiser Neko's Twitter. He he actually like put a bang on Skeletor voice to it, and it is impossible mm. to unhear. I st- I'm st- I've actually started watching that uh, that Masters of the Universe show, Revelation show, and I've only seen two episodes, but it seems to be doing interesting things. There's only five episodes total, but it seems. Interesting. Oh, nice. I need to watch that. I was a big, big, big He-Man fan as a kid, as, as most of I will were. say, you'll love the intro because the way they sort of tell, like, how the like the history of the, the you know, the things that happened up to that point, it's almost like they're using the old action figures. Like, they're proportioned just like that. It's, it's oh, nice. pretty wild. I, I can't um, wait. So, Oris, Iris Jackerman in our patron chat mentioned that the uh, My Hero Academia uh, switched, uh, basically messed up the timeline. 
And the way they put it, and you'll you'll understand this more than I do, uh, but basically saying they switched the Endeavor agency arc with the villain arc due to the movie that's releasing on August 6th. Oh, 6th, what? No, 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 that no. is a big deal. That's like a really big deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I... All right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so we'll see. Like I guess I've, I've not had a chance to watch too much of the anime. I just saw that and like, what the heck's going on? Because I've been really enjoying the anime. Hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. Weird to do that, but okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Humble Jojo is next up with our Super Chats with a $5 donation saying, Today in Good Vibes, four years cancer-free. So I want to thank Derek and Ash for sending Good Vibes my way back then. So grateful for this community. That's amazing. Wow. That is the best news we're going to hear all all year, probably. That is congratulations. Fantastic. Mm. That is, I I got nothing, nothing to say. I'm, I'm speechless. That is awesome. I'm so happy for you. Uh, fuck cancer. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So congratulations on that. Um, black ninja with a $5 donation saying, Hey, hope all is well and have a great time. I'm going on a trip from today until August 8th, going to a land with no internet. So I'll miss GVG. Good vibes. You know, I think that's a good break. <laughs> that is granted, you, granted, no GVG, but that also means no other internet. So yeah, no Twitter, man. I think that's uh, a good trade-off, honestly. Yeah, I I think often about disconnecting entirely, and just spend like, I mean, people did this. People existed this way for most of human history. I mean, just... we did it for when we were young, and somehow yeah. we've lost that ability. I remember payphones. Anyway, um, have a great trip because I can only imagine going somewhere remote enough to not have internet is probably going to be very relaxing. So have a great trip. We'll be here when you come back. Absolutely. Uh, Jaden Buck with a $5 donation saying, Hey, Steve, would you say that the aliens from Toy Story are better versions of the minions? I mean, it's insulting to call them versions of the minions. Uh, Right. I like the aliens from Toy Story. So they're also used a lot less. Yeah, that's the key is all things in moderation and minions are just we probably wouldn't be upset about the minions if they didn't become overblown, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they Mm -hmm. if they reeled it back in, dialed it back a bit, I probably would not want to uh, do unspeakably evil things to them. But they're there. So it's going to happen someday. Mm hmm. Absolutely. All right, next up is Kyle Howard with a $4.99 donation saying, Hey gang, Rue Kyle here, making dinner after my first day as a first-year teacher. I've listened to all of my commutes and loved every minute. Y'all are great. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. You're literally the kids are... uh, Yeah, you're shaping the future. Seriously. Um, Hopefully they do not, uh, you know, wear you down. (laughs) Yeah, congrats to you. You You have a patience that I just do not. So I am, uh, I am grateful for all our teachers. I think y'all are criminally underpaid and underappreciated. So my, my proverbial hat is off to you, Kyle. Uh, great job. I hope that you, uh, continue to, uh, you know, rocket, keep, keep teaching, man. We, we need people, uh, good people teaching our children. So thank you for the super chat. Thank you for the support and thank you for all you do. Yep. Thank you very much. So, that's all the Super Chats for now, so let's go ahead and jump into our news stories for the uh, the day. The first one up is, uh, uh, well, we were talking about Netflix before. Let's jump into it again. <laughs> Good transitions don't always come to you. <laughs> a, Pokemon, <laughs> a Pokemon live action series has been reported to be in early development to go up on Netflix. And uh, yeah, this makes sense. 
yeah. didn't expect a, a, a TV series, but you know, it works. Interestingly enough, it's from uh, in Luce. I've never seen this, sh- this show, Lucifer, uh, but their uh, showrunner, Joe Henderson. Uh, he's actually, he's uh yeah, he's going to attach to write and executive produce. I want to say and, that Lucifer uh, was one of those USA network shows, um, which I don't watch a ton been... of, but I could be, yeah, it's on Netflix. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. I mean, it's, um, it's a very well shot show. It, it doesn't tell me a lot about how this, how these folks are going to handle Pokemon, um, yeah, it's so different from anything else he's done, it seems, because, uh, well, it, 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 I guess it fully hasn't been confirmed. It hasn't been fully confirmed. Variety just said it's got it from multiple sources. Uh, it says, as the project is still in its early days, no details are available about the plot. However, sources say that Joe Henderson is attached to writing executive produce. Uh, he's currently the, the co-showrunner and executive producer of the Netflix series Lucifer, which is preparing to air its sixth and final season. Um, sources also say the project would be a live action series akin to Detective Pikachu, uh, but they've the Henderson and Netflix have not commented on this. Uh it also, um, let's see here. Henderson has also worked as develop is currently developing a series adaptation of the comic book Shadecraft at Netflix, which was announced back in March. Um, and he's also known for his work on shows such as Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three at Hulu and Graceland and White Collar at USA. Um, that's a heck of a person to do Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Unless it's like a Team Rocket live action show, which would be kind of wild. That would be cool. I mean, that sort of seems like that feels like, you know, <laughs> that would be that would be cool if they did something like that. I was going to say, and I'm glad that they brought it up in the article, but in a pre-Detective Pikachu world, I would have thought that this wouldn't work. But that movie was good. I liked that mm-hmm. movie. Um, and they they showed that you can kind of take pokemon in a more photorealistic direction and not have it look terrible uh so you know the the initial doubts at least from an artistic perspective are are taken care of uh but i do wonder like this this guy is known more for like darker edgier tv shows which is definitely decidedly not pokemon um (laughs) but i would love to see something about you know i i agree as long as it focuses on something other than like you know trainers and battling that a live action series could work really well and and team rocket would be a good one like they could adapt team rocket and the idea of kind of that a group that runs like a black market pokemon trade could mm-hmm. could actually be really in, uh enticing stuff or compelling uh viewing i i'm, I'm it, curious to see where they take this but i'm also did. Oh, go ahead. It's go. either a police procedural where it's like mafia versus the Pokemon police, or it's <laughs> just, um, or just make it a mafia show with focusing on Giovanni. Nice. Because, that would be so cool. Like he's just a crime boss. And... Right. Uh, I mean, that, that's the thing is I, the Pokemon look good in, in detective Pikachu, but I have to imagine a hefty chunky mo- chunk of money was spent on that. Oh yeah. You're not going to get that same, that same level of quality on a TV show. True. True. Netflix is so, definitely not going to spend like movie level budgeting for this. If if it comes to fruition at all, my other worry, because this seems to happen so often, is we get these like hints of oh, Nintendo's interested in 
this property and that property becoming a movie or a show or whatever. And then suddenly once people start talking about it, it just evaporates into thin air. And we know, because mm. we discussed this a few episodes back, that Nintendo has been known to do that. They've, they've been like, uh-oh, people found out about our Zelda show. Yoink, we're not doing it anymore. Um, because they're all about that surprise. They can't have that complete surprise. For some reason, it's just like, nope, we're taking away our toys. Yeah, and I really hope that doesn't happen here. I would love to see a, a Pokemon live-action show. I, I think it could be really interesting. Um, you know, I, I still would kill for that Zelda show we were going to get, <laughs> you know... Um, but I think that Nintendo needs to be... I, I think Nintendo could... Like, it, it's crazy to me to think about this, but Nintendo could create their own cinematic universe, like Marvel did, and people like you and me would definitely go and watch every single thing they put out. And they're just leaving money on the table from old nerds like us that will watch, you know, literally almost anything. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how much... Uh... You know how many how many old nerds like us would be into that? I mean, I mean, assume is a good bit, but who knows? Yeah, uh, I don't. I hmm. I'm hopeful, but I'm also like it's it's also all sort of all over the place uh, because you know I've seen the YouTube chat mentioned uh, you know the Death Note live action not so good, not so yeah, good. I did um, see that, mm-mm. not so good. <laughs> They're also working on uh, Cowboy Bebop and One Piece live action shows. Oh man! And, I mean, one, one Piece. I don't know how you do it. I don't I know don't how know. you make that I, interesting in live action. I have no idea. Like I the main know. character has has a very a very unconvincing live action superpower. Yeah, I, it's I, mm. yeah. The minute you see like a real person doing the stuff that uh, Luffy can do. I think that's the minute you check out. Like, I'm not going to watch yeah. a, a real person bite their thumb and blow air into their arm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, I see Cor. You know what, Koritama? Uh, I don't. I don't know what you're responding to. Just as as well. Um, but Yu Yu Hakusho would make for a good live yep. action anime. I think they make live action show. Do you have the detective aspect? You have the fighting aspect. You have like easily get a punk kid. You can easily translate that to the states. Yep. If you want to have that kind of adaptation. Oh, man. You would be amazing to get. And and none of the villains were, like, crazy unbelievable. Right. Like, Toguro is, like, the one of the most noteworthy. And he was just huge and jacked and had, you know. Right. I mean, he looked like a punk, but, like, a really unbelievably <laughs> jacked. I mean, he had the huge collarbone thing. but And then later, like, the shoulder thing. But it was never, like, to a point where you would see him and be like, nah, this isn't working. It was all just, you know, within the realm of things you could definitely work with. And they could definitely Damn. get some real body horror stuff with Togoro's brother. Uh, oh, that's true. Younger Togoro. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, yeesh. Man, I want that uh, now. I didn't know I wanted that, but now I do. I, know, I mean, It's one of those things, like, I just like Yu Yu Hakusho, uh, really, because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's weird to think about how the majority of that show is ju- is the tournament arc. Yeah, it really is. Man, it's, it's a been really a long good time tournament. I watch that. Yeah, we need to. I, I need to well, re- revisit you, Yuhaku Show. I played the Super Famicom games a oh ton, gosh. and that was how I got like introduced to it. Because you know, like in Japan in the '90s, like every anime had a licensed fighter available. So mm-hmm. it's like I played Ranma, Dragon Ball, and Yu Yu Hakusho games on my Super NES like constantly as a kid. Back nice. when Namco romanized their name with a T at the end, for some reason it was Namcot in those games. Okay, I don't get that. 
but yeah, I I don't I think I was introduced through Toonami uh, to Yu Yu Hakusho because oh. I watched everything, and I remember hearing people talk about how uh, it was the only show that could compete with Dragon Ball Z when it was airing, like the only one that was even got close to its popularity. That's fair. That's so. that's totally fair. I remember watching both, and those would be the shows I would make sure I was home for. Like I would mm-hmm. be like, "Oh, we're at the bus stop. We're we're running out of time. We got to run." <laughs> and yes, Rocks the Cat. There was a PS2 Yu Yu Hakusho game. I watched it played once, and it looks awful. <laughs> yeah they they did they did anime fighters dirty in like the 128 bit generation or whatever you should mm-hmm. call it, but. I mean, they, they started trying, like, the beginnings of the 3D Arena Fighter were there, but they were just bad. Like, they were universally bad games. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, we'll see what comes, if anything comes of this. If I had to guess, it's probably a good two, three, four years off if we get anything out of this. Yeah. But, uh, you know, might see. Might see something. Could be nothing. Could be something. We'll find out. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on to... Uh, there's none of the most awful. Actually, before we, I can't, I can't transfer. Uh, go to the next, next one just yet. We got some more super chats because we just cursed some people. Apparently, at least one person uh, as a super chat from Rexy BCQ with a four dollar ninety nine cent donation. Thank you so much. Also, yeah. I'm sorry because <laughs> just looked at the Skeletor meme. I am a junior. Good lord, no. <laughs> I feel so bad are you a winning son (laughs) 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 oh no Azran knows that feeling as well oh no because Azran's a junior all you juniors out there I'm so sorry I have never been (laughs) happier not to have my father's name (laughs) but uh Uh, yeah you know I mean just don't think about it that's yeah Probably I've been best. told, so honestly, I was told something worse that I definitely can't repeat on here oh, from, from an old friend a long time ago. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so th- there, there's worse things. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, will, I will be the first to admit, and again, I won't go into specifics, but I used to dream up a nightmare scenario for my friends that I would tease them with constantly. And uh, it, it, you know what? Probably one of our patrons, XQ Jonah, probably knows what i'm talking about if he's in the audience tonight um but it was it was really gross <laughs> but, yeah i think we I, all have those kind of gross stories yeah. uh all right alan wilkinson with the two pound donation thank you so much says digimon owners better be taking notes from this uh oh yeah live action digimon yeah. i guess is what they're going for yeah i can see that yeah i see I, that. I think that you know it's interesting I feel like the difference between Digimon and Pokemon, as somebody who has played a ton of Pokemon and interacted very little with Digimon, as so like an outsider perspective, is that it feels very similar to like the early console wars between Nintendo and Sega, where Nintendo just outmarketed the hell out of their competition, like outmaneuvered mm-hmm. them because Digimon has a very loyal fan base that I don't understand, uh, because I've just never seen that one thing that I would need to make me want to pick up the series and interact with it. And I feel like that is almost certainly solely down to just 
how they've marketed those games and and the various pieces of media that accompany it because mm. if they could just show me what it is that i need to know about this versus pokemon like why i should play digimon instead of pokemon i only have room for one game ending in mon in my life <laughs> uh then i would gladly play it but i totally get that there are very loyal fans I've heard Cyber Sleuth is uh, is maybe the best way to go uh, game wise because I'll, I'll be honest I've not played a single Digimon game, but I've I've watched the anime more. See, so. I think I've seen a couple episodes of the anime, but it was always like just kind of one of those things where I was like, mm, there that looks like a baby T Rex, and then just <laughs> flip the flip the channel to something else. I'm like, orange baby T Rex that talks. Got it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, all right. Next up is Mr. L with a five pound donation. Thank you so much. Saying, uh, Detective Pikachu wet my appetite for more Western written uh, Pokemon content. It really helps the franchise break out of its box. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. I yeah. Can, I can see there, there's probably some good ideas that can come out of that. I don't know how it's going to go all or any. I mean, I, I just see, you know, it's, how can we turn this into procedural? <laughs> That's all I can really see anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I could be wrong. Um, honestly, uh, get some of the people, get some of the creators behind some of the uh, like really well-regarded uh, TV American TV shows on that stuff right now because everybody always talks about Steven Universe, Infinity Train, uh, the, the, the you know New Ducktales, Gravity Falls, uh, Owl House. Get some of those creators on to detect like uh, their own Pokemon show and see what they can do with them. What kind of stories they can create? Kind of like you know how we always get those like anime compilations with different creators making their own sort of anime shorts based on a, like Matrix or uh, Batman or whatever. Let's do that with some anime with some American creators and see what happens. I'm kind of curious what the results would be. That would be cool. I would dig that. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Never happened, but anyway. <laughs> uh, bongo Lover with a five Canadian dollar donation saying, my uncle's friend's neighbor's pet just told me a Bongo live action show is in production. Bongo will go into the Daniverse and fight a 50-year-old Sonic. Man, uh, I mean, you really should not be listening to those parrots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they might be on something. There might be a little bit of mercury in their diet. Um, mm. <laughs> however... I, this is wild to think, but that just means 20 years in the future. So you're telling me in the year 2041, Bongo will fight Sonic. And that means I'll live to see it. And I don't know what that means for me, but... You'll die soon afterwards. Like, I can't... I'm like, I'm done with this world. Yep. I'll be <laughs> I like, I've leave. seen all I need to see, and I'll just shed this mortal coil, and we'll be done. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, let's get over to our next story, which... Uh... I don't have a transition for this. Let's pop them. Let's see. I'm, I'm having an off day, apparently. So, uh, last week, uh, EA uh, revealed that, yes, indeed, Dead Space is getting a remake. And this is being, coming to us from EA Motive. And, of course, EA has to start clarifying things because what happened to Dead Space 3? It was killed by stupid, st input, uh, stupid stuff put in there, including microtransactions. So, they're coming out and saying... No microtransactions. Thank God. This, <laughs> I mean, does more to the reputation of EA as a publisher than anything else. Yeah. That they have to come out and announce the remake of a game that we're creating that didn't have microtransactions in the first place. We promise you, we're not going to put microtransactions in it. We know that you know that's what we love to do. We promise we won't do it. We're EA. We're probably still lying. But... <laughs> 
Yeah. So I, I looked up because I, I was I've not took the time to look up what uh, EA Motive's done in the past, and they are, their past projects were actually Battlefront Two, Star Wars Battlefront Two, and Star Wars Squadrons. So they like space, that's for sure. Um, but the the thing is, the thing that gets to me is EA had a winning formula with Dead Space. They got a nice basis. They made it even better with uh, with Dead Space Two, and then they decided like really screw with things and. They killed their own franchise just because they were so desperate for multiplayer stuff or getting every little bit. Like the it's, it's, Dead Space Three is a perfect example of greed killing a franchise. Yeah, and now we're in the remake territory where we wouldn't have to do this, or maybe we would be getting this just from other things if we're going down the re- the Resident Evil uh, pathway. Who knows? I don't know, but it's it really does feel like EA saw the, the all the Resident Evil remakes getting all this, uh, you know making bank and getting lauded and be like, you know, we do have a Resident Evil again. We should remake that. Yeah. EA is a company with too much money. And I say that because (laughs) they literally look at market trends and just say, we're going to make a game that's like that. We're going to make a game that is in vogue right now. They are, they are almost like the gaming equivalent of a fashion company. They're like, oh, yeah. someone made a red dress that people are loving. Let's make that exact same dress. <laughs> like, and I, I mean, I get it. You, you know, businesses exist to make money, but few, very few, do it as shamelessly as EA does. <laughs> and it, it's like, you know, I get Nintendo wants to make money. They exist so that they can make money, so they can pay people. And a, a byproduct of that is that we get awesome stuff we like from them, which parts us with our money. And But Nintendo, you know, they still manage to have that image of being a company that is creating stuff that you want that for you. They're like, oh, hey, we're making this because our fans love this. EA's like, we're making this because these guys made a remake of a game and that kicked ass. So we're going to do it too. Hopefully we have buy this similar. It. Also DLC right here. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking there's going to be DLC? I can see that. I, I definitely think that if they're not, they are definitely going to have some model of adding revenue to this game after you give them 60 or $70, depending on how much they choose to charge, probably 70 And then... <laughs> They're, they're going to be like, okay, well, there's no microtransactions, but there are bite-sized pieces of DLC you can buy outside of the game in the eShop. Yeah, well, it's the, it's the pre-order stuff. Yeah, there's also going to be a banner at the bottom of the start screen that tells you you can leave the game and go to the eShop to buy these smaller priced items. Like, micro purchases, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll go that far, but I can definitely... I can definitely see it. I, I, maybe we'll get a DLC connecting Dead Space 1 to Dead Space 2 if they decide to do that. I don't know. See, I'd be but, okay with I that. Mean, yeah. And all doodle does mean bring up that Fallen or- Star Wars Fallen Order didn't have any DLC or, or stuff like that. It's, it, it, EA seems to be learning like, oh, crap, people like single player games and they sell pretty well if they're pretty good. Hmm, maybe we should do that. Yeah, I mean... This is the same company that a few years ago said they wouldn't do that anymore. I, I have no clue what's what's going on with EA. Like, th- it really is just if you read about a trend in gaming, EA will within a year have a game that matches that trend. And oh, yeah. that's just what it is. And honestly, in a way, Fortnite kind of messed EA up because it was this live service. EA or Fortnite, in a way, messed up the entire industry. 
because yeah. publishers saw Epic come out with Fortnite and they're like, oh God, all the kids are playing this and spending billions of dollars a month on this thing. And we want some of that money. So obviously the answer is we should make a game that is kind of sort of like Fortnite. And uh, the live service game was <laughs> became the, it wasn't born, but it became the popular thing to do. Yeah, And I think people have started to realize that Fortnite was more of a lightning strike. It was just right place, right time, right quality, and captured that market almost entirely because people seem to forget that, like, PUBG was the Fortnite before Fortnite. And, you know, it's just one of those things that you either got it or you don't. You, you, You have to be in the right place at the right time. And I think people are so loyal to those service games that they've already signed up for that they're just like well i'm not gonna leave (laughs) well it's almost not even loyalty it's the fact that i'm already spending how much on this one why would i go to another one like i don't want to spend that amount of money on all these things so you stick to one and i'm sorry if you got Fortnite already they're probably going to stick to that one i mean basically it has to be a uh wow final fantasy 14 situation where it's like well these these guys are really messing up what i don't what i like and i spent all this time and i don't want to leave but they're screwing it up so bad that well there's a better option here that people really seem to enjoy so i'm going to go to that and there's sad to say for I me mean, whatever you want to say fortnite has not done that yet fortnite is still as popular as it ever as it ever was from what i can tell maybe yep. a little down but you know oh yeah fortnite is not you're, going you're anywhere just never you're just never going to get that success again and Maybe that's why uh, that maybe that's why EA is all of a sudden like okay let's do single player games again we can at least do those. Yep, and and I'm okay with that. I hope that they mm-hmm. stick to their guns on this one, do what they do best, and and don't and, and don't screw this up. Just please, yeah. if you're not going to do microtransactions, I really good. want this to be good. <laughs> yeah, I would play I like this. Dead I played Dead Space on the PS3 back in the day. I would love mm-hmm. to play it again and actually finish it because, again, as you all know, I'm a coward and I have a hard time with games like these. But I did play about. I'm sure, it'll half be even it. scarier this time. <laughs> I would I'd hope just, it's even scarier. Be like, whatever. I got kids now. It's fine. I've seen <laughs> worse. Oh God. <laughs> oh, yep. That's a thing. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic and. Uh, I don't know, blur the lines. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I'm like trying to think of them. That's just going to be our, my thing now where I screw up transitions. <laughs> Either way, a new article has come out where Tuk- uh, Takashi Izuka has admitted that the reveal of Sonic 2020, 2022 was probably a little too early. You Uh-oh. don't say. <laughs> that ain't good. That's yeah, not a good sign. <laughs> it, it certainly isn't. I, I have to wonder... Um, well, one, I, I always say this. I think if you have nothing more to show than a logo, then your game probably isn't ready to be revealed in the first place. And and mm. I get that they did show a little more than that. Uh, they mentioned in the article that the symbol they showed is significant to the game, but not something that a person could figure out by watching or analyzing the trailer, um, which makes me feel mm. better because I stared at that thing for a long time. I know, um, right? Yeah, I was like, there's got to be a clue in here somewhere. And they're like, no, we just put it in there to mess with you. No, it's a symbol that's just sort of there. Uh, it, this this was an interview with 4Gamer and was retreat, uh, was translated by Nintendo uh, Enthusiast. But yeah, 
he said, we haven't announced a brand new action game for Sonic for the Sonic series since Sonic Forces, and that caused fans to worry. While it was a bit premature, I wanted to at least take the occasion of the 30th anniversary to announce that a brand new title was in development. So, you know, a bit premature, but it was also like, basically to, to Sonic fans, calm down, something's coming. Yeah, and and I get that. I mean, it shows, I've I've talked to Takashi Izuka a couple of times in my career, and you can tell that he genuinely like bleeds blue. He loves Sonic. Mm-hmm. He loves the games. He loves what his work. And I get it. Like I get being attached to the series and just wanting to be like, okay, look, we, we're not ignoring you. We're not ready, but we're not ignoring you. And mm-hmm. so I do appreciate that in a way. But my fear is that when they say it was too soon, like I get that that could mean up to a year and a half away, right? If you if you just use 2022 as a broad metric, you could say, okay. 17 months are left between now and the end of 2022. Um, But my worry is that they could be saying like, well, maybe we're not going to make 2022. Maybe Mm. it's 2023. And I (laughs) I feel like then, you know, this coupled with that language, I'm like, please, please don't let it slip. 2022 is a long time away. The end of 2022 is a long time away. Yeah. I could, I could see it being an October title. I'd be okay with that. If, if they make that target year, I'm okay with it. Even if it's December 31st, I'm like, all right, you, you, you didn't blow your, your goal there. I, I would, but if, if they end up delaying it into 2023, I'd be like, why'd you announce it? Like, I get it. You wanted to show people something was going, but there's maybe. that, but it's also one of those things like, okay, they're trying to put care and love into this thing. Hopefully <laughs> they're trying to make it good. I can appreciate that. Yeah. I, I feel bad for Sonic Team at this point, or, you know, the, the iteration of Sonic Team that we have now, because, I mean, one, like I said, it's very clear that from the top down, they care about Sonic a lot. Um, but it's got to be draining on you when your last few Sonic games are just not hits. You know, they're not they're not met mm-hmm. with, like, enthusiasm from the fan base. And then a scrappy little team of, like, three indies make Sonic Mania and everyone loves your character again for reasons out of your control like you did very little you know mm-hmm. uh, and so i feel bad because i imagine that after the success of sonic mania they're like okay we need to have our mania moment we need to have our moment where we show people what we can do where we're sega <laughs> like yeah, we invented exactly. sonic no one should be able to do sonic better <laughs> than us um and so i I'm sure it's demoralizing in a way to see like the most loved Sonic game of the last 10 years to be one you didn't even make. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm hopeful that, like you said, that that means that they're putting a lot of extra love into this new Sonic game and that we come out with something that, you know, even if it isn't magical, a 10 out of 10 crazy awesome game, at least, you know, I hope that the that it shows us something new, something innovative, something mm-hmm. exciting, because 3D Sonic hasn't been super exciting for a long time. And I would love to just see something that reminds me of that first time I cracked open Sonic Adventure and was just excited by the possibilities. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a good way to look at it. And we, we want those endless possibilities. <laughs> yeah. I should get that one. He's not here, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I can see that happening. I, I just hope it's not a situation like you said, was saying about that. I was like, man, we got um, upstaged by these uh, these indie guys and everybody loved Mania. Did you watch the um, the uh, what happened on uh, Sonic 
oh god what is the, the, the sonic saturn game uh, oh man. sonic extreme right yeah extreme did you watch that one i have yeah you know how it's like how they like hey give us this engine to work on that we can that you're used for these saturn games and so we can make good sonic and they're like no we don't want to give it to the american team yep there was there was yeah. a lot of infighting in Sega back in those Let's days. Let's hope that's not any a, a thing right now. Yeah, I, I sincerely that. hope it isn't because if you have you ever read Console Wars by Blake Harris? No, I haven't. It is a must read for any fan of gaming in the '90s, and it talks so much at length about what the team at Sega of America had to go through with Sega of Japan and just how bloody of a battle they were in with each other because, and it it all boiled down to the fact that Sega of Japan was really upset that Sega of America marketed their products in a way that they didn't approve of and that it was working like that. Americans were that, that Americans liked it because uh, I want to say, I'm going to probably get his name wrong, but I believe the name of the president of Sega at the time was Hayao Nakayama. And uh, the president of Sega of America at the time was Tom Kalinske and Nakayama, just because Kalinsky was bringing money in the door, like, he loved him. He trusted him more than most of his, like, top people around him in Japan. And so he would always roll out the red carpet for the Sega of America president when he would show up. And J- the Japanese employees just resented all of Sega of America as a whole because of uh, their success. And it was just, it, it bred this weird conflict to where... um Apparently, like the company that designed the graphics chip in the N64 uh, shopped it to Sega of America first. And Sega of America was like, sold. We love this. Like, let's Mm -hmm. get you in front of the R&D guys in Japan. And the R&D guys in Japan took the meetings, but just sat there silently the whole time and wouldn't listen to a word they said. (laughs) We could have had N64 quality graphics in the Saturn if they didn't hate the American branch so much. Yeah, it's... You notice what their most successful console was in America, too. It's like, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's why I think for a long time I kind of... I think for a long time I thought Sega was was an American company, or at least I sort of got that impression after a while, because it struck me as like how many games were actually... Oh, yeah. um, Well... Sega Sega has the weirdest history of like any console manufacturer of any of the big publishers that have ever existed. Sega technically was an American company. It was started in America as service games and they they operated mostly in arcades, like repairing arcade machines. Mm -hmm. And they slowly, I think uh, they branched out into Hawaii from the mainland and then into Japan and then they made a partnership in Japan where they uh, they started developing games. And eventually a group of Japanese investors bought Sega from the original American founder. And it became the Sega that we all are familiar wow. with now. But it's such a round up, roundabout, weird-ass history of, uh, of that company. But yeah, they definitely felt, because they, effect- they marketed so effectively to us when we were kids, they felt like an American entity. It wasn't until I was an adult that I realized, like, oh, they're in Japan right next to Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Huh. Well, that's wild. (laughs) (laughs) A little history lesson on a slow news day. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds that sounds good. Um, Huh. I don't know. I I feel I feel informed. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, goodness. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next story. And this one, when you talk about light news, definitely light news. Uh, as Final Fantasy 16 is said to be prioritizing British, British English for its cutscene capture. We are uh, really <laughs> stretching for news here, it feels like. <laughs> uh, but... As uh, video, uh, VGC mentions, Square Enix uh, usually prioritizes Japanese as its primary primary recording language. However, Yoshida explained in a, a new Japanese inter, uh, interview du- uh, translated by DualShockers that the decision to use English was made due to the requirement to capture performance actors' faces. We've, by, we've been prioritizing English voice recording, and we're specifically doing it in British English, the producer said. Uh, we're using facial capture, so later on we won't have to adjust by hand each of the faces during cutscenes. And it's full capture, as in the motion capture actor- actors are also doing the voice acting simultaneously. Oh, well, wow. we're not doing it for every single cutscene, though. But anyway, that's why English dubbing has progressed the most. The Japanese dubbing will start soon. And that's in- that, so that part is interesting, because they were saying how the, the English acting was done. Well, it turns out it was also first. That's why it's done. So that's, yeah. that's so- fascinating in that way. Yeah, and we all assumed at that time that that meant that the Japanese dubbing was finished because that's how they've operated in the past. So I, I we were all under the un, incorrect assumption that the game was much closer to completion than we thought, um, mm-hmm. which unfortunately, no. Um, <laughs> but I, I do find it really interesting that they're talking about the fact, and I like this little detail, that the motion capture actors are delivering the voice lines as they go through the physical motions in the cutscene because mm. uh, one of my favorite things that I've seen in recent games is, uh, and this is an insomniac thing, is uh, in the Spider-Man games when Spider-Man is swinging or fighting, like the voice actor is is putting strain on their voice to, you know, uh, imply the level of physical stuff going on around them while they're talking. And I love the fact that, you know, it lends a bit of like, believability to the speech and so if you have a character like you see the guy in the vgc article like about to thrust a sword down into someone or something whatever he's doing um Mm. you know if you're actually going through that physical motion obviously that's going to affect your breathing and your delivery of your line and so i think that's a really cool extra step to go to to make it sound authentic um but also i wonder if this means like are we going full bore high fantasy with uh 16 it feels like it. That seems to be Yoshida's trademark because they, like, after Rum were born, uh, have not gotten past this point, but I've heard Amy do it. They recast most of the voice actors, I think all the voice actors, uh, to be British English. Like, there's a lot of actually uh, actors from Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and 2 oh, nice. in uh, 14 uh, for, a lot of, for a lot of the cutscenes. So... We could be seeing some maybe uh, some British actors in here as well, which would be cool. And, you know, Dragon Quest XI does it as well, and it, it really fits. So, you know what? I'm down. I'm down for a yeah. British actor, like, especially when it's high fantasy like this. Let's do it. I'm I'm down. Final Fantasy sixteen looks really good so far, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to... Uh, I, I'm curious what the combat system will be like. I wonder if it'll be like Final Fantasy seven Remake, which I'd be okay with. I really like that combat system. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see, and it'll be nice to see a Square Enix RPG where the folks that are speaking English are actually like, you know, the mouth movement matches the facial expressions. That'd be and, and wild. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's not something I think about often because I don't associate Final Fantasy with 
the English language, which is weird mm. to say, but you know, we all know it comes from a Japanese company and that they're obviously going to prioritize in most cases, their native language. Um, so this will be cool to see. I wonder how it'll turn out for Japanese fans, though. I wonder if they'll be like, "Ugh, what the hell? This looks so unnatural." <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they maybe they dig it, or maybe some of the Japanese fans will be like, "Well, let's listen to uh, English dub." <laughs> yeah, play and it in English with subtitles. Yeah, the the reverse I, anime fan effect. Yeah, <laughs> I I do. Uh, I have find it really funny that our uh, patron chat is discussing what like what accents. British accents will be in there. Uh, that's so for, for that's all a good European question. I, I, I just imagine everyone's going to sound like John. We can only have... hope so. W- wouldn't it be something if John somehow nailed a partisan NPC in Final Fantasy 16? Oh, man. I, I would so push for him to, like, <laughs> get that, like, do a cast or try to get that role Shit. or something like that. But Hell, yeah. Uh, I, I would love that. He, he's got such a great voice. Come on. Mm-hmm. I do. I do like how in Xenoblade Chronicles Two that each um, race or uh, you know country had their own accent. I oh yeah, Chronicles, they had that with sixteen as well. Agreed. That would be really cool. I mean, it, it lends a sense of authenticity to the world to see you know people from different regions speaking mildly different accents or dialects or what have you. I mean, that's true of literally every place on earth like depending mm-hmm. on what region you're from you're going to sound slightly different i have a little bit of a california accent you have a little bit of an east coast accent i mean makes sense yeah. it happens <laughs> it's a, it's a, something that naturally happens so we'll we'll see um but honestly i i, I think I, just from the title it's like eh, it's not too it's no big deal or anything like that it's like yeah british english okay cool but the fact that it's captured in that that's the interesting part of that they, they kind of buried the lead here i think <laughs> yeah for sure but all right uh well before we move on i did get another super chat this time from koro tama with a five dollar donation saying someone sent me to the timeline where japanese business biz- businessmen aren't salty and we had a better dreamcast you know oh, i so one i i will take mild exception with what you said I love you. Thank okay. you for the super chat. But the Dreamcast was honestly a really, really, really good system for its time. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it came bundled with a modem. It had a broadband adapter later in its life. Uh, GD-ROMs were 1.5 gigs or something. It, it had a pretty good optical storage system is what I'm trying to say. The main mm-hmm. issues with the Dreamcast were that it was easy as hell to crack. Like piracy. There was no piracy protection on the Dreamcast almost at all. And two, it just, man, like it was a victim of circumstance because Mm -hmm. the PlayStation 2 was on the horizon and Sony had enough money and influence in the industry at this point to just literally throw their weight around at retailers. Um, Brief history lesson. For those of you that don't know, uh, in the U.S., Sony actually engaged in the extremely scummy tactic of telling retailers that if they had, uh, if they didn't put PlayStation 2 coming soon posters in place of like Dreamcast available now posters in their stores, that they would not send them PlayStation 2s to sell. And retailers being afraid of not getting that PlayStation money acquiesced to that demand almost entirely. So you couldn't find Dreamcast signage or advertisements in most retail places in the US because everyone wanted to be able to sell the PS2. 
And that in no small part led to people just not knowing the Dreamcast was out there because Sega was now solely trying to market the thing without any retail partner help. And it it floundered in the market. It failed in the U.S. really badly because of Sony silencing Sega to an extent. Yeah, and as Lizard points out, it mean uh, Dreamcast had the online capabilities, but the PS2 was a cheap DVD player at a time when DVD yep. players were pretty expensive. That was my first DVD player. I know that's how Same. that's how I kind of sold it to my parents. Like, hey, we should get a PS2 because it has a DVD player. We should do that, and it worked. <laughs> yeah, I I would say though the the big uh, the big thing, and it probably would have definitely altered the Dreamcast in some way. Uh, if Sega had actually uh, used the graphics chipset that was pitched to them that eventually made it into the N64, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that the PlayStation would have survived a Nintendo and a Sega with vastly superior 3D technology. That would have been... Because Sega would have likely still gone with a disc-based system with graphics. Mm-hmm. Like, think about a disc-based system with graphics that were the quality of the N64. Final wow. Fantasy VII would have been on that thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so, so that, that would have been a big deal because, honestly, that is what lost uh, Nintendo Final Fantasy was their unwillingness to provide a storage medium that could fit the game. Mm. Square initially planned on making Final Fantasy VII for the N64 until Nintendo was like, look at this cartridge. <laughs> and I, Square was like, that's not going to work. That, those CDs look a lot better, Chief. We're going that way. <laughs> <laughs> and we still need four of those, or three of those in this case. Yeah. So I, I think we would have ended up with a better Dreamcast had Sega made some correct decisions in the 32-bit era, but uh, wish in one hand, you know. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Uh, go figure. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next story, which uh, it's, we're talking sales data in here. We're going to just lump these two together. Uh, first up is uh, Skyward Sword HD is already Amazon's third best-selling game of 2021, just 10 days after release. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's Zelda. <laughs> Uh, apparently the, uh, it's only behind, uh, Super Mario 3D World and plus Bowser's Fury, which, you know, back in February. And of course, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that is wild. I, I did not know that. Yeah. Sorry. I've got a Mortal Kombat slide up just because I didn't realize that we were starting off with Zelda, but, um. Oh, I didn't realize. I, did you have a separate one for, uh, Zelda or not? I didn't. Uh, oh, that, okay. and that's okay. <laughs> that's that's okay. funny. We have that in the title. It's whatever. When I, I, I put it's... this up before this was in the document, so I didn't realize it got added. But anyway, uh, okay. Zelda, I mean... It, 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 we'll just put that mention here where we can talk about both at the same time. Because at the same time, we also got the uh, announcement that Mortal Kombat 11, 11 has sold over 12 million copies worldwide, with the franchise topping more than 73 million. And uh, that it's is... also almost... Almost ready to overtake uh, X as the best-selling Mortal Kombat game. That is crazy. I had no idea Mortal Kombat actually sold that well. Um, I've not been... No like, I've been a fan of the series for most of my life, but I just always assumed they, you know, like five, six million, I thought would be really good for a Mortal Kombat game. I've never dug into the sales data because I'm, I'm more of a casual combat guy. <laughs> and uh, mm. this is nuts. I cannot believe that that is uh 
that that is uh, accurate. Like, it, it's crazy to me to think that Mortal Kombat 10 sold more than 11 as well. I, I like 11 a lot, a lot more. I mean, mm-hmm. the DLC has just been wild. And I'm curious, because um, this is Warner Brothers celebrating this. I'm curious if this means that NetherRealm will remain part of WB Games, uh, just because I know that there has been some drama around WB mm. and selling off a lot of their studios. And I know people kind of wondered aloud what would happen to NetherRealm. And yeah, I, think I, some... I have a feeling they'd probably try to keep a hold of NetherRealm. I feel like you should, especially if they're doing crazy sales numbers like that. Um, right. I had to look this up. So Game Rant reported on July 9th that Warner Brothers is interested in selling NetherRealm and tel- uh, Traveler's Tales. So the Lego games. That folks, seems like, insane to get rid of those two. Yeah. What the hell? Um, okay, sure. Oh, hold on. Although they did provide an update later in the month saying uh, NetherRealm Studios and TT Games will continue to remain a part of Warner Brothers games and all are included in the Warner Media Discovery merger. So I guess mm. I guess they kind of popped that balloon. Without... Okay. So, okay. Well, okay. Probably... That makes more sense. So yeah, it does. Especially because um, it, it's uh, expanding on this. Uh, Daniel Ahmad pointed out for reference that Mortal Kombat seems to be the best-selling fighting game series out there. Uh, it's sitting at it's sitting at number one with seventy-three million units. Then the Smash Brothers with sixty-five point one million units, and this is as of basically March of this year, uh, the, all these numbers. Tekken with 51 million units, and then Street Fighter with 46 million uni- units. He points out that Mortal Kombat has only recently become number one thanks to the success, success of both t- of X and Eleven, uh, both of which sold over 10 million units each. Uh, and because you go back a few years, and it was Smash at number one. So that is wild. Like, I mean, one... I'm shocked that uh, Smash is the second best-selling fighting game of all time. Like right. that, I would have thought for sure that Street Fighter, just given like the presence it has right. in the fighting game community, would be number one. Um, I mean, and to see that, I mean, that's that's a 27 million unit lead that Mortal Kombat has on Street Fighter. Um, so much for <laughs> Capcom hanging on to the number one spot. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, you just don't, you, you just don't shutter, shutter a studio like that. So, I mean, that's gotta be, I, I wonder what this means for the future of fighting games in general. Street Fighter has fallen from grace in a way that I didn't expect. I, um, I mean, I think it could recover. It just needs one good game, but yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think, uh, some, some folks are talking about, and these are both, oh, this is bolt mouse x on both of these street fighter 5 yikes marvel's capcom infinite big oof i agree on both of those um Mm. capcom's fighting game division has unfortunately not really delivered in a in in a big way since street fighter 4 a street fighter 4 kind of revitalized the fighting game genre and i'll always give it credit for that but five to me as as a pretty big street fighter fan five fell flat for me i just did not enjoy it at all. Um, same goes for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, though I think that's a much less controversial opinion. I think most people dislike that game. Which is sad because I really enjoyed MVC3. Mvc 3 was fantastic. I played that on the Vita, like, a ton. Um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, I, I feel like or I feel like Capcom has just kind of lost sight of what makes Street Fighter games popular, and they've been trying to, I don't know, forge a different path, and I, I think it's just not really working out for them. I, I wish they would just go back to, you know, more simp- simplistic gameplay with with a but with the ability to get deeply technical. And I think they tried to strip the technicality out of five and that hurt it in the long mm. run. I see. But man, Mortal Kombat, 73 million copies. I, I, I don't know what to say. I'm going to blame it all on your wild ass DLC, Mortal Kombat, but I am proud <laughs> it of It could you. be that. <laughs> I, I have, I guarantee you I'll be playing Mortal Kombat tonight. Um, my friend Nick is in town. Uh, he's visiting for the next two days. So, and, and we always end up firing up MK11 Ultimate when he's here. So... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as far as video games, like it's funny is they have the best sellers of 20 to 21 so far. Uh, the actual number one, it's not like it's the video games themselves are this, but the actual number one is a $10 PlayStation store gift card, digital code. <laughs> That's, uh, number six, Mario, Mario 3d world is actually is the first video game to come up, but it's, you know, uh, number six on the actual best sellers list. Um, and then Animal Crossing at number 20, and then uh, uh, Skyward Sword at number 21. However, Ring Fit, number 22, and uh, New Pokemon Snap at 24. Man, New Pokemon Snap is another one that I just did not end up enjoying. Really? I I did enjoy it. I had a lot of fun with that. I I feel bad for not liking it, but I, I picked it up and I was just like, Man, I feel like this game's a mess. I, d- I don't love it. My kids love it, really? though, and that's fine. Hmm. I mean, I didn't waste the 60 bucks. They're playing it. <laughs> I, I played it, and I just fell off of it almost immediately. I think I played through, like, two expeditions or something. I was just like, I don't... Mm-mm. It doesn't have the same magic for me anymore. I mean, I can see that, but I also, like... I've, at least I got some fun out of it, so... That's, you know... It, it, it all comes down to that personal taste, and I get yeah. it. But, uh... I, I saw over the weekend uh, that you actually beat Skyward Sword HD. And I, I I've did. seen via Twitter that there's been a bit of a reevaluation of Skyward Sword. And I think there's definitely some people who still don't enjoy it. But I have seen a lot of people converted by this HD re-release that, oh, hey, I kind of like uh, Skyward Sword now. So, I, I mean, I'm going to have a full review on the channel this week. So I don't want to go too far into how I feel about Skyward Sword HD. But I am going to tell you this. I was not wrong in 2011 when I said Skyward Sword is great. Um, oh, no, I agree. Yeah, it, it's a fantastic game. But I think that uh, the thing that really drew me in, it's not the motion controls, though they do they do add a layer of uniqueness to the game. Though I did find eventually, uh, because I wasn't always in a spot where I could just waggle my my joy con <laughs> around i ended up yeah. having to play on the pro controller a bit and i i ended up liking the button controls more than i did initially um initially i found them untenable and hard to use but they grew on me over time um but the thing i'll say is that skyward sword even 10 years later still has the best story ever told in a zelda game bar none hands down I mean, it's a low bar to clear, but <laughs> but they have it, it does so good of a job of making you feel attached to Link and Zelda as people mm-hmm. that and, and I wish I hope that Breath of the Wild 2 somehow captures that because Zelda, I, I mean, for I remember being very positive on the idea that like, oh, man, Zelda's finally evolving into a series where they care about the narrative where where they add on top of the great 
mechanics and puzzles and dungeons, I also get this compelling story and characters that I love. And who knows, maybe one day Link will talk. And then we got Breath of the Wild and they're like, psych. <laughs> we're we're going to double down on awesome gameplay, but we're going to take all that story stuff and just yank it away from you. <laughs> the thing is, they, they could have had a great story in Breath of the Wild because there's seeds of good ideas in there. They just didn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're just not explored at all. Like, the um, the 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 Breath of the Wild Zelda is very interesting. Like, oh, absolutely. Very different. From, so different from any other Zelda. Oh, yeah. I like she, that about her. She. Yeah. I love Breath of the Wild Zelda. I think that she could tell an incredibly compelling story. I think Link is one of the most interesting incarnations of Link ever in Breath of the Wild. But they don't explore that at all. He's the Link that failed <laughs> like mm -hmm. i love that about him i i would love it if they explored his feelings around the fact that he lost ganon kicked his ass <laughs> and then he has to grapple with the fact that he now needs to recover and become somehow better than he was a hundred years ago in order to face a an even more powerful form of ganon than the one he lost to uh you know i, I would love it if he was in a world where people remembered that he lost and he's the reason the world is totally screwed up you know i mean you can't completely put it at his well, yeah. blame at his feet though because they were preparing it just happened to be that the way they were preparing all got turned around on them and well you're screwed <laughs> oh yeah i i would have just loved it to be one big redemption arc though and i mean it is but they don't underline it i would have loved for yeah, them yeah to... it don't feel like it you know yeah push push that yeah. feeling from the player like I, I think Skyward Sword draws emotion out of the player. There are moments in Skyward Sword where I genuinely, f like, started to tear up thinking about, you know, Link's relationship with other characters and, and stuff like that. And even, like, the side characters are just so well-realized and so well-written. That's right. Groose is great. <laughs> mm. uh, his He has one of the most interesting story arcs in, in the whole game. So, I, I don't know. I'll have a lot more to say about it, hopefully by the end of the week, but it, it is really good. I recommend playing through it. Uh, you you really, really can't go wrong with it. And I'm glad to see that it's so high ranking on the list of games this year. Yeah, I need to pick it up myself, but uh, I, I've it's, it's been cool to see that reevaluation. Um, it's just July. August doesn't have a ton, but man, July, end of July had just come out swinging with Skyward Sword, World Ends With You, and Greatest Attorney Chronicles. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be easy. busy. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, cool. Well, I think that pretty much covers it for those, but there's still a, a couple Super Chats before we end things off. First up is Nio with a $2.99 donation saying Capcom fell off since Street Fighter crossed Tekken. Probably didn't help much. Probably didn't help much, but um, thank you for the donation. Uh, I mean, what can you really say about Street Fighter Cross Tekken? Because everybody's like, mm, yeah, <laughs> I don't think anybody defends that game. Uh, and then Matt Krenz with a five Canadian dollar donation saying Capcom is trying to win back fans with the new fighting game division heads and the inclusion of Akira uh, Kazuma from rival schools in season five. And hopefully it works. Yeah, I think I think it'll be really interesting, even as a non, you know, I don't really pick up fighting games that often, but I can see it being attractive to those who. Um, you know, the, the fighting game division can really get that in there, get that stuff. Uh, maybe some pools that people really want to see. Um, who knows? Maybe new dark, dark stalkers. Who knows? Maybe they'll revive rival schools. Who knows? Maybe they'll make street fighter six really good. I don't know. 
Man, Street Fighter Six would be nice. I'm, I'm, I'll be curious to see. I, Street Fighter Five is kind of a dead man walking at this point. Um, I, I like the characters that we've seen, Oro and Akira Kazuma. Um, I'm interested to see who the mystery final character is, but I'm bring on Street Fighter Six. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I, I want to see the first brand new game these new studio heads develop because that'll really be where we learn what they think you know capcom needs to do to be more successful right right cool well with that i think we've covered all the major headlines from today's news but before we sign off i want to give a special thanks to all of our uh patrons over on patreon uh your support really does help us immensely and we can't thank you enough for joining us and uh, supporting us in in that way. Uh, but of course, an extra special thank you to those at the producer tier as this show simply would not be possible without all of you. So thank you for that. And also a massive thank you to our executive producers and above. And that includes Jared Edinger, Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Itiono Ben, Dan Entwistle, Dennis J, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, It's ATM, Octopuppet, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Echo Carol, The D-Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Kitty Kong Fax, Angel Martinez, Vedron Hotik, 112, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Sapphire, Azran127, Pagrama, Ken Roulet09, Jake Pelka, Geller, Joseph Rudkin, Charlie Bird, Geeky Griffin, Lucky Wonderfish, Kyle, Top Dog 23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Doug Shomix, Andrew Medeiros, Orm M, Brady Power, Sakuragi, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Fizzy Wakoid, Critmonger, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Deneth, Coda, Michael McCall, Matthew Wong, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Justin Matthews, Hoobie, Too Much Spaghetti, Mega Conrad, Ascaron 809, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 Minutes and 60 Seconds, Christopher Masterson, Spicy Pandotter, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Grantles, Ravelox, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, Rosa Bowling, Hi Mom, <laughs> Kotor Peck, Scuff196, Skull Kid Tiger, AJB Cool, Blizzica, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, Cystic Warrior 29, Derek, Ray Clawson Jr., Nathan the Voice Actor, Hulkamaniac 55, Chibi J, Bongo Lover, Mumbling Yeti, and Cameron Sharp. Thank you all so, so much. It's crazy to think that we are seven EPs away from 100. Ooh, <laughs> that's close. That is, in- that is insane. But remember that you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gvgaming, where you can get access to our exclusive post-show and ad-free content for as little as $5 a month. Thank you all so much for watching. And if you like this video, be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming for more good times like these. Until next time, good night, good vibes. Bye, everybody. Bye.